Welcome to the Real Estate Asset Management Podcast brought to you by Break of Day Capital. The show focuses on educating syndicators and apartment owners on how to build systems and manage their properties more efficiently to become a best-in-class operator. 100% straight talk. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Asset Management Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Lipsky with Break of Day Capital. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Asset Management Mastery, where we have a great community of thousands of like-minded individuals sharing resources and best practices. Choosing the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated, if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have, and we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships, so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. Go to quotenow.biz and we'll start the conversation. Today on the podcast, we have Alan and Elena Neely. Alan and Elena are a husband and wife team who have been investing in real estate since 2000. They have rehabbed, rented, and developed properties in Seattle. They were doing the Burr thing before it was a thing. And looking for the most efficient returns on their time and finances led them to investing in apartments through syndications. Combined, they currently own over 5,600 units as a general partner or a limited partner. Welcome to the show. Can you start by telling the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you do? Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Gary, for having us. We're especially excited because one of the first deals we invested passively was with you as the general partner. So it's a great opportunity to be on your podcast. And would you like to start with our journey? Or yeah. yeah, so our journey, we started in 2000. We both had jobs, but we kind of wanted to retire early or wanted stability in case we lose our jobs. So we started doing our rental properties. We'd buy one, you know, rehab it, turn it into a rental, refinance it, go buy the next property. In about 2005, we started building townhouses, and we just love that. It's so much easier to remodel with a bulldozer than all the rest of the work. So that kind of snowballed, and we grew bigger and bigger. Uh, We got a couple projects with permits up in the 46-unit size or so, but we sold them off instead of doing it ourselves. The biggest one we built ourselves was our last project, eight units, And in Seattle, it was taking two and a half years to get a permit to build like a duplex or eight unit apartment. And it was just too tedious to deal with Seattle. Our cash flow on equity was about one and a half percent. So in 2018, we started selling our properties off, trying to buy an apartment in Texas. And then we bumped into guys like you at meetup groups in Texas. And so in 2019, like we invested in that awesome property in Arizona with you. And then we did a lot of LP deals, probably 10 in 2019. And then COVID hit. Then we started being uh, general partners and towards the end of 2020, it's just kind of explosive growth. We're general partners in eight deals now. Yes. And it's just kind of been a whirlwind, a lot of yeah, it's amazing how quick it can go if you put your mind to it and work hard at it. And you had a strong foundation to begin with. 
So it wasn't like you were coming in cold. You had years of experience and yeah. seeing it from all aspects. Yeah. And somewhere in there, we used to own a property management company, I think in about 2009 or 2010, we started that. And we That's a bad idea. <laughs> we shut that down in about 2016 or 2017, yeah. sold it. Uh, yes. Yeah. It's just a lot of risk to yes. you, to a real estate license to own your own property management company in Seattle where it's easy to get sued for anything. So, right. Well, as a GP, I know you're not asset managers, but you help find and work with the asset manager. What are some of the things you look for in a good asset manager? I think the criteria is very similar when we look for partners to work with because we really consider asset manager to be a cornerstone of the great partnership. And from the years of building and developing and being involved in real estate, it always boils down to us to the relationships and really working with people we trust and can do business on handshake. And we know that they will find the right solution in their tough situation and will do the right thing when nobody is looking. Real estate is always full of surprises and things that can go wrong. It's never a perfect scenario. It's just you want to find somebody with the right skills and right attitude who will figure out the solution and communicate it with everybody, the partners, the investors, and who will treat their partners and investors and the property managers to build the relationships. We've always tried to build relationships long-term. Our favorite phrase is everything we do is for tomorrow. So we kind of very long-term in our outlook, and we treat all the relationships the same way. And the asset manager is probably one of the most important keys in that as well. A lot of good things in there. You said doing the right things when no one is looking, which is so important and building that those relationships and trust over time and and things never go perfect, which is absolutely true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of my I best deals. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Some of my best deals we've you know, from before we took it over to to the day we closed was a struggle. But as long as you're proactive and doing the right things, it will pay off. Yes, and there's so many things you cannot control. So it's all you can do, do your best. Yes. Have you seen some of the same traits in the successful asset managers or it varies on the different projects you've worked on? I think their traits, it's always been somebody who really well in building relationship with property manager. I probably sound like a broken record, but somebody who doesn't look for the cheapest option who finds good quality people and gets them really well compensated. And I think that helps them to build a really strong core property management company, which is kind of a circle because if you find the right person and you pay them well, they will deliver the best result for you. So you look good as an asset manager. So I think this is probably the only one I can come with. Yeah, I agree. It's, it seems to be how well you can get along and be a team player. Uh, we all know people that just aren't team players and they'll throw somebody under the bus at the drop of a hat, even though it could be their own fault. I just don't have patience for that. Obviously, with all the different deals you've done, have you placed an asset manager before? And what led you to that? Yeah, the, one of the last deals we did, 
we've been asking the guy to find a deal in this particular town and because there's growth opportunity there and he found this awesome deal but we were already committed to bgps on another deal so we couldn't do both and we ended up dropping out of the other deal so we could just help out our you know friend he's just great at it it's his first time asset managing but he has a lot of support from more experienced people and he probably over communicates which is fine it's just nice he's we talked to him for two hours last night on a zoom call just catching up seeing what was going on and it's just nice to see help somebody out and see him succeeding on their first deal you know the occupancy is way high and it's just great excellent excellent yeah you don't have to know all the answers but i think if you have a nice strong network go out and find those answers through other friends and operators who have you know more experience than you or have been through a situation because yeah, you're, you're never going to know everything. And it's constantly evolving and changing. So you stay on top of it the best you can and then get in with other groups that to, sh- to share those experiences. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Any red flags that you've encountered, you know, working with asset managers? I think now it's kind of a little bit easier to say no to the deal earlier because when you go through the experience, there are certain things you already know that that doesn't fit your criteria. So you say no to that. When you start out, it's a little bit harder. And I think it's kind of one of those things which you will not learn without doing it too, because you can make the perfect list, what to avoid, what not to do. But I think unless you step into it and start doing it and partnering with different people, because on some of the things you will say, no, I'm probably not going to do another deal with this guy, but based on how he reacted or how he or she communicated. I think right now for us, all our red flags go around, first of all, the quality of the person. We kind of uh, always place money on the jokey rather than the project itself. And then after that, we have certain criteria in certain areas we'll look into. And we really started narrowing down those criteria and saying no to anything that doesn't fall into it. But I think for somebody who starts out, I first will go with their quality and experience of people who's done it. Or if it's somebody new who's starting their first deal, if they're actually seeking out help from somebody else who's already done, and if they're already inviting somebody to be on the team to help with the experience and everything. Our other big deal is the flags with what the asset management uses for projection. If it's somebody who's already working with the local property management company who is managing good number of units, and they are actually involved in the due diligence process and checking the rents and rent projections and looking at the number of units to which need to be remodeled if it's a value add and kind of giving their input and being heard on what their GP team is projecting. Those rents are sustainable. And sometimes it has to be property management, which is really involved in this neighborhood because some areas the property across the street could actually vary. So really kind of deep diving into what the projections are. And there could be red flags there if they're 
economic vacancy rate is really low, but there is a substantial remodel uh, progress. And then what else? Biggest red flag is when the, this has happened to us. Some people were hiding stuff from not only the limited partners, but other GPs. And that, it really rubbed me the wrong way. You know, there's no reason to do it. Let's talk about it, get the bad news out in the open. And as a limited partner, we've been in a deal where there was a pretty substantial fire, eight units burned down. And they never even said anything about it to us. And an update, like six months later, they said, hey, we're starting to get our insurance payments for the fire damage. And I'm like, what are you guys talking about? And they said, oh, well, you know, we had 16 units burned down. And that would have been nice to know. You know, on an apartment, you have three or 400 units, 16 units, you move the people into the vacant properties. And at the end, you have a nice, shiny new 16-unit building standing there. So. Yeah, it's bad to catch on fire, but it's not the end of the world. But it'd just be nice, you know, communicate stuff to people. Yep, it happens all the time. And these fall yeah. on buildings. Yeah. You got you to communicate consistently. And during COVID or maybe tough financial times, you might need to, do, you know, communicate twice as much during those yep. periods. So the investors know. And if you're doing that well, investors won't reach out to you because they're getting all the information they need and that'll that'll save you time. So yeah, good communication yeah. is always, you know, 100% transparency, it goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Anything else you guys want to add on, on asset management? I think we covered and your questions were kind of deep diving into the core of it. And I already mentioned that you want somebody who really has great relationship with the local property management company, which is substantial size to be able to take care of the property and also maybe reach out to some economy of scale if they're already managing other properties in the area. And it goes to quality of people, birds of same feather. <laughs> so <laughs> great asset manager will uh, attract great property manager who will have great employees, which will take care of tenants. So it goes all way. It goes from the top to the bottom and from the bottom to the top. It benefits both spectrums. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. A good asset manager can make a, a bad deal good and a good deal great. Yep. You know, every everyone uh, benefits. So appreciate uh, you guys coming on the podcast and talking about best practices of asset management. Can you tell the listeners where they can find out more about you? We have a website. Our website is andoverholdings.com. The company name is Andover Holdings. And the best email for us is info at andoverholdings.com. If you're local in Seattle area, we have a great meetup, which you can attend. Uh, You can email us for more information about that. And then if you are not in Pacific Northwest, we have great resources and we have ebook. We will be really happy to share about the successful strategies on building your wealth, creating cash flow and creating the best tax strategies. So you can email us at info at andoverholdings.com and shoot us email asking for more information and we'll be really happy to connect. Awesome. Well, thank you, Alan and Elena for coming on the podcast. I'm Gary Lipsky signing off. I'll be back next week with another informative episode on the Real Estate Asset Management Podcast. Thank you.
To all of our listeners, thanks for joining us. And if you like this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher and like, subscribe, and review this podcast as it will help us grow our audience and reach more people. And if you'd like to learn more about what we do at Break of Day Capital, head over to our website, breakofdaycapital.com, and sign up for our newsletter and or fill out our investor application. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.